Welcome to Creative Biolabs Science Channel. Creative Biolabs is a specialized contract research organization supporting mRNA studies with all-round solutions covering mRNA synthesis, modification, and mRNA therapeutics development. With an unwavering pursuit of innovation and lifelong learning, we keep on producing podcast series related to mRNA technology based on our knowledge and practical experience gained through years of exploration in this area. Subscribe to our channel and keep updated with our podcasts. Good evening, dear friends. Nice to have you here with us again. At the end of last program, we talked about the rise of RNA interference technology in the field of life science in recent years and the working principle of this technology. In addition, we also mentioned one of the main target delivery technologies of small interfering RNA, that is, the strategy of targeting by antibody. Today, David will tell us another major siRNA targeted delivery technology. Thanks for again joining us today, David. Thank you for your invitation. I'm very excited to be here. So on this program, we have mentioned several times that identifying effective targeting strategies is the most challenging technical step in transforming RNA technology into modern medicine. Although combining siRNA with antibody to recognize cancer cells is feasible, we know that there are better ways, like targeting via peptides, and that's what we're going to focus on today. I see. Instead of antibodies, you think peptides are more advantageous? Right. We know from various studies that peptides have stronger tumor penetration and lower immunogenicity than antibodies. The most deeply studied cell-penetrating peptides include the transduction domain of human immunodeficiency virus transcription factor TAT or the Drosophila melanogaster homeobox protein antennapedia, together with synthetic oligomers of arginines. What are the common characteristics of these cell-penetrating peptides? They usually contain a relatively large proportion of positive amino acids, such as lysine and arginine. So it seems these cell-penetrating peptides are positively charged peptides? Well, let's first define what a cell-penetrating peptide is. It is a kind of short peptide which can carry macromolecular material into the cell. Its membrane-penetrating ability does not depend on classical endocytosis. Based on their functions, they are able to interact strongly with negative charges on the membrane. Do you think that one of the important characteristics of cell-penetrating peptides is that they can carry a variety of bioactive substances of different sizes and properties into cells? Indeed. They can carry small molecule compounds, dyes, polypeptides, polypeptide nucleic acids, proteins, plasmid DNA, small interfering RNA, liposomes, phage particles, and superparamagnetic particles. This property makes these peptides a good carrier for targeted drugs, you know, with low toxicity and no cell type limitation. But although they can transport different types of substances into cells, their practical applications are mostly focused on the cell transport of oligopeptides, proteins, oligonucleosides, or analogs. In general, in addition to interacting with cells, Many cell-penetrating peptides can cross cell membrane alone, or attach to small molecule drugs, antisense oligonucleotides, small interfering RNA, plasmids, peptides, and proteins. If this is the case, do you still think they are the best delivery tool? Well in this case, 
Their cellular selectivity is limited although they can mediate the internalization of therapeutic drugs. And that's the reason that people are more and more interested in developing peptides that recognize only specific receptors, such as cancer cells. This kind of targeted delivery can improve the curative effect by reducing the drug concentration required by the whole body and increasing the effective drug concentration in the tumor area. But how can we identify peptides that can recognize specific receptors? Traditionally, they are identified by structural activity studies, which include the synthesis of a large number of peptides for in vitro and in vivo testing. However, with the development of combinatorial peptide library and biological peptide library, it is now possible for tumor cells to express membrane receptor-specific binding peptides. Can you tell us more about the role of these peptide libraries in the research process? Yeah, these libraries are great. The development of all kinds of peptide libraries has greatly improved the speed of research. Just think about it, a random peptide library contains almost all possible small peptide sequences. It can simulate the conformational structure of continuous and discontinuous epitopes. These libraries can be used for biological screening of purified proteins or whole cells, and a large number of targeted peptides with high binding specificity can be screened. Does that mean that we can just use these libraries to screen out the targeted peptides with high binding specificity, then we are all set with all kinds of drug delivery? In principle, these cell binding peptides can be linked with any therapeutic drug to increase the drug's accumulation in cells expressing homologous peptide receptors. So in a sense yes, these peptides can help drugs targeting. In addition to binding with drugs, what else can highly specific binding peptides do? Right, they are also selected for biological functions that bind to known cell surface receptors. In case of cancer cells, such as cell proliferation, movement, escape, and metastasis, which are totally different from drug delivery. Just to give an example, among attractive receptors, the fibroblast growth factor and epidermal growth factor receptor families are often overexpressed in human tumors. Epidermal growth factor receptor type 2 known as ERBB2 or HER2, is a cancer-related tyrosine kinase receptor. Its activation is responsible for the survival, proliferation, and metastasis of cancer cells. As a result, specific recognition of epidermal growth factor receptor type 2 receptor binding peptides is very important for drug or siRNA targeting strategies. Does the random peptide library we just talked about play a role here? Sure it does. In this regard, several HER2 binding peptides have been selected from the random peptide phage library, and a peptide that binds to the extracellular domain of human purified HER2 receptor has been selected. Besides tumor cells, are there other targets? Cell markers differentially expressed on the surface of tumor angiogenesis vascular endothelial cells are also a good target for targeting, the main reason being that vascular endothelial cell markers are more available, which makes them more attractive than their counterparts expressed on tumor cells. How do we identify endothelial cell-binding peptides? I believe in one study, researchers injected random peptide phage libraries into the vein of living animals, and then screened the phage library to bind to the vascular system of various organs. Why inject into animals? Because in vivo selection strategy has more advantages than in vitro selection strategy, 
This way people can choose from the whole animal polypeptides that bind to tumor. A team of researchers has proved that this innovative in vivo screening can select alpha-nu-beta-3 and alpha-nu-beta-5 integrin receptor binding peptide. What experiment did they do to provide it? They used a phage to display a peptide containing an arginine glycine aspartate motif. When injected intravenously into tumor-bearing mice, the peptide can be localized in the tumor.in addition. The phage displaying cyclic arginine glycine aspartate peptide had 10 to 20 times higher tumor targeting ability than the negative control phage. Interestingly, the coupling of doxorubicin with the cyclic arginine glycine aspartate targeting peptide can design more effective and less toxic drugs than doxorubicin alone. Can the cyclic arginine glycine aspartate targeting peptide be used in combination with the drug? Yes. These and some other peptides have been coupled to some therapeutic drugs, such as apoptotic peptides and radiopharmaceuticals for tumor imaging and therapy. With these encouraging results, sounds like coupling siRNA to the cyclic arginine glycine aspartate peptide will be an attractive method for tumor targeting? Exactly. The use of anti-hypoxia-inducible factor 1-siRNA and the cyclic arginine glycine aspartate peptide targeted delivery system significantly inhibited tumor growth compared with non-targeted delivery system. Some researchers also designed a self-assembled nanoparticles with siRNA and polyethylenamine polyethylene glycolylated and attached the arginine glycine aspartate peptide ligand to the distal end of polyethylene glycol as a means of targeting integrin expressed in tumor angiogenesis. Then how did it go, this experiment? It was certainly exciting to see the results, which showed that intravenous injection of siRNA into tumor-bearing mice resulted in the selective uptake of tumor. siRNA sequence specifically inhibited the protein expression in tumor and inhibited tumor angiogenesis and growth rate. What methods do they use to identify tumor cell-targeted peptides for nucleic acid delivery? We talked about it earlier. The random peptide library is the answer. In general, breast cancer cell-specific peptides can be selected from random peptide library. In these experiments, breast cancer cell lines were used as the affinity matrix for selection. Then, the internalized phage was selected for amplification and the display peptide sequence was deduced from the DNA sequence. One of the peptides can deliver antisense oligonucleotides to breast cell lines. Thank you David for the interesting discussion. Thank you everyone for listening. We will continue our discussion on siRNA in the next program. See you next time.